Good day, everyone. This is Michael Posnick with my guest, Powerhouse Patty, coming to you live on tape, as they say, from Charlottetown's beautiful waterfront in this January. Today, we are going to be discussing something random, as we always do. This podcast was started on a Sunday morning without any thought or planning and remains the same unscripted, whatever you want to call it at the end of the day. What would you call it? Just... Yeah, unscripted, natural conversation, real life, real time. Real life, real time stuff that comes up on a daily basis. And today we're talking about something that came up today with a with a newer agent. And I think just before we get into this story, I just want to preface this by saying that my understanding of the buyer's paradigm has always been fairly consistent. The buyers think that they're they're giving you the greatest opportunity on the planet to walk them around and show them properties, whether that be for days, weeks, months, and sometimes into the years. And I think a lot of times these buyers are aware of, don't think of, or don't care the fact that these agents are not getting paid on an hourly or yearly basis to show properties, typically, unless there's some sort of under contract buyer's representative. So they're showing properties based on the fact that they have a qualified buyer that's looking to and is motivated to buy a property sooner than later. So the story today is an agent calls, asks, what should I do? These buyers have looked at a number of properties. They want to look at a, 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 a list of other properties. And unless they find something they feel, they are not going to purchase. Thoughts? No, and I think and you hit the nail on the head when you said motivated, and that's what this is all going to be about. Explain. So when you had said buyers, no, and okay, so some buyers feel that they're doing us a, us being the real estate sales professional, doing us a favor by, you know, well, I will end up eventually buying through you, eventually one day, one year, sometime. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean today. However, our bills are due today, not next month, next year, sometime in the future. So the only way we get paid is by selling properties, whether you're on the listing side or the buyer's side. And when you have an, an unmotivated buyer who's just out shopping and some are this is a hobby for them they just like getting in uh, looking at houses they are I mean I've ran into this where I've had uh, clients and I won't say clients but we'll have members of um, our community earth members of earth on our island here Prince Edward Island <clears throat> who are compulsive open house shoppers and they go in, and after a couple of years, they finally admitted to me, and this is early on years, that they just like going to open houses to get ideas for decorating and to see what different houses look like. And they're always excited when they see different properties come on because it gives them an opportunity to go in and be nosy and check it out. So those people still will book showings. And if you're not a trained real estate buyer's agent, you might get all excited because you have a showing 
you haven't taken them, you haven't qualified the buyer, taken them through the buyer's intake process. And then what ends up happening is you end up becoming this buyer's agent who's driving around playing tour guide, showing, you know, these buyers. And sometimes we could have five buyers that are, that are, you know, taking our time away from our family and maybe better business opportunities. And unfortunately, it doesn't net anything at the end of the year. You end up with deflated realtors uh, or sales representatives who end up getting out of the business and feeling like it's it's hard. And it is hard. This is a really hard business, wouldn't you say? Well, it's just like any any business, excuse me, a bit of a cough. The challenge with any business is the failure rate for most businesses in, is in the high 90 percentile, 97, 98 percent. And it's no different from real estate. However, with real estate, you either represent a seller or a buyer typically. When you're representing sellers, you're typically more experienced and it's a little more complex of a undertaking or endeavor than it is dealing with buyers, essentially putting them in a car and driving them around and opening a door. That's why you know, some of the more advanced agents like Powerhouse Patty have buyer's representatives working for them. However, the biggest concern is you, you have somebody as a buyer, and this is what I get on my end, and they say, I've called 12 different agents. None of them want to deal with me or show me properties. And the problem is, is because they're so bogged down with dealing with people that aren't qualified buyers that may you know, buy today, may buy never, and go into open houses for 30 years, and that's no exaggeration, that they don't have the time to deal with the the qualified buyers. And I think the solution, you had a comment? Well, I was just going to say, those agents that are not returning the calls or agreeing to, um, you have to wonder their, unfortunately, their skill set because I will speak to these people, I'll speak to inquiries. However, if they're not qualified, I'm not going to spend a lot of my time. And it's not just about my time. Uh, it's about my seller client's time because I have to look out for their best interest as well that, you know, a buyer, a seller has to prepare the home. And sometimes some of my sellers will spend three, four hours, you know, the day of, and some of them take a day and a half to prepare their home for a showing. So from a buyer's standpoint, it's, well, I just want to get in and see why won't you show it? But they they don't realize I've been a listing agent for so long. I know the stress and the turmoil that this causes my sellers. So I, I always take my clients, <clears throat> anyone that I agree to take on as a client through a buyer's intake process, so I qualify them, and if an agent's getting a call for a showing from me, it's it's going to be a qualified buyer. But a lot of agents, they may not have a buyer's intake, and their way of not admitting to it, um, or admitting that they have time, or um, you know, they don't they don't know how to qualify somebody, is avoidance. And they're absolutely desperate to make a sale, and they think by showing 9 million properties to some person that has to feel a property and has no intent of really buying, and the motivation level on 1 to 10 is 0 0.01, is the solution when they could spend that time talking to people looking to sell their properties or genuine buyers that have a motivation to buy a property right away. That motivated buyer might be someone with the you know, the RCMP or the military or a doctor, someone that's moving here, given a weekend or two to buy a house. These are the people that agent should be dealing with, not somebody that's just looking at properties for the sake of looking at properties. 
I think the point to this particular episode is it would really help if when you phone an agent, you're just honest and you don't play games. And if you're phoning 15 enlisting agents and looking at 15 houses with 15 different agents and you have four properties to sell, a Rolls Royce, 20 acres of land in Nova Scotia, and a business to liquidate in London, you're just honest with that agent. Honesty is always the best policy. If you're somebody with the RCMP that has to buy a house this weekend, or else you don't have a job, just tell the agent that. The games, to me, wear the inexperienced agents down, and that's why there's such a high level of failure. Because they can spend weekend after weekend after month after month, you know, two years showing properties to a couple, and then they end up buying a property through an open house or another agent. It's happened to me when I was younger. I'm sure it's happened to Patty probably more than me. Uh, Yeah, it has happened to me, though. (laughs) And it really makes you just want to get out of the business because you're thinking those weekends could have been spent with the family, cutting the grass, cleaning the house, washing the car, going bowling, golfing to the beach with the family, whatever, rather than hauling somebody around that has no intent to buy and no loyalty. And I think that's why in the bigger centers, you don't sit your self down in that agent's car until you sign a buyer's agreement because the days of trusting the buyer's going to be loyal to you have long gone, particularly in the bigger cities where there's more competition. We're not seeing that so much in Prince Edward Island. However, in my opinion, it should be mandatory before you take a buyer's out to have a buyer's contract signed. Can you explain what a buyer's contract is and how it's beneficial to the buyer as far as now you've got a relationship where the agent's loyal to the buyer, the buyer's loyal to the agent. However, the caveat would be is that buyer's agent would actually have to spend time looking for properties, not just setting you up on a search and forgetting about you. Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, I I feel if an agent is not asking you to sign a buyer's agreement, um, you may want to question that uh, because, you know, they may still be very new in the industry. They don't know how to ask. They don't know their value. Um, <clears throat> they're uncomfortable asking you to commit to them. Um, so these are reasons why perhaps an agent wouldn't ask you to sign a buyer's agreement or it's not something that's uh, common practice at their brokerage. Um our brokerage, we do ask for buyers' um, agreements, but so the value to the buyer is you have a um, an agent representing you who feels confident. They are they have committed to an agreement with you that they're actively going to be looking for a property for you, and especially those we call them, you know, a clients who need to find a property within a three-month time period, uh, you're going to have an agent actively working instead of you out finding the properties yourself and notifying your agent going, hey, I just found a property. Can I get in? Great, I'm going to buy it. Um, No different than a a contract with a seller. The listing agent has a fiduciary obligation responsibility to the seller to actively market, promote, um, answer any questions, inquiries, and um, 
you know, make sure that they give you monthly at least market uh, reviews. Uh, it's no different than the relationship that a buyer's agent has with their client. They should be following up with them constantly, letting them know the status, status of the market, status of the criteria. Does your criteria make sense based on the product that you're looking to purchase? Uh, has the market shifted? That is the responsibility the buyer's agent should have to their buyer's client if they're active. I have many clients that say sometime over the next couple of years they're going to buy. They're set up on a custom collaboration site. I'm not too worried when the property presents itself. I know they don't, I'm not going to cause them to be homeless by not every day hyper-focusing on them. So, And of course, if that buyer's agent's active in the market, that agent's going to know about properties that aren't on MLS that you're not going to find on realtor.ca. Either they've been expired, canceled, withdrawn, but they're still for sale, or they're going to go back on in the spring and it's winter time, or there's a bunch of properties coming up in the office, or, you know, there's people that will sell if a buyer comes along, but they don't want the property actively marketed. So a good buyer's agent would provide all these services. And you're not wasting the buyer's agent's resources by looking for properties for someone that really isn't motivated to buy. And I have all kinds of people like that that have been looking at properties for years. I'm looking for properties in other states, and uh, I'm not highly motivated. If something comes along, great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. But I'm not going to sit there and waste an agent's time looking at 34 different properties, which in closing is sort of something else I want to address is if you go to, say, Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal, chances are you're going to drive around and stay hyper-focused on one neighborhood. Typically, because you've got a job there, you're looking at the school systems, shopping, entertainment. Or price point. Gyms, price point, all that sort of stuff. So when you book five or six houses, those houses could probably be within five minutes to one another. Well, in PEI, what we get here, because we have multiple markets, but we've got a what you would refer to as the local residential market, which you're buying on utility. How close is it to the aforementioned? And you also have the recreational buyers. The recreational buyer could be a retiree as well. They're looking at PEI. And then they email you out of the blue, I want to see these 21 properties. Well, it can take you hours to drive one property to the next. And they could be requesting days and days of your time in addition to the fact that you typically don't want to go through, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, four or five properties a day because the per the potential purchaser will get utterly confused and overwhelmed. Would you agree? Yeah, four or five is ideal. I will go up to six if I really have to fit them in. So if they're on a tight timeline. Right. So you need to limit the amount of properties and their intake on a day. So 20 properties or four or five days. And then you've got vendors that are all excited because there's a showing because they haven't had one in months. And then only to find out what the purchaser doesn't like the location, which in my opinion, is the stupidest thing you could ever tell a vendor because the vendor's not going to be very happy by the fact that they don't own a map and didn't realize that the house they're looking at was in a community it was an hour from where they wanted to be because it didn't take the time and the agent didn't advise them to maybe try buy these houses first. Or Google Street View. It's pretty much covered most of the... Satellite planet. view, street views available everywhere in PEI with the exception of non-paved roads. 
there's a lot of research you can do today. You shouldn't be looking at properties an hour apart. You should have things narrowed down if they're going to be an hour apart. Assuming you're looking for a recreational property, understand what the location looks for. Because once the showing's booked, telling the vendor they didn't like the location doesn't go over well. Because all these showings, that agent has to typically report back to the listing agent if they're not the listing agent. And they like to have some information. What we're plagued with as well, particularly from buyers out of province, is the old, thanks for showing us the 21 houses. We'll get back to you. We got a lot to think about. And then they ghost you on text, voicemail, and phone, and you never hear from them again because probably one of their family members talked them out of it, or now they're in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland looking at properties. Yeah, no, I agree. That's what, yeah, and and that can be really frustrating too because you've given so much of your time and then they don't get back to you. Just common courtesy, let, you know, sorry, not interested in any of the properties. And I think sometimes that when you come to um, a very... I mean, it's a unique place, Prince Edward Island, and it's on many people's bucket list. So if we're talking about our market specifically, they go home. Once they leave the island and they're they're off their honeymoon phase, the romance of the vacation trip, they go back to reality. They immerse themselves back into their normal daily routines and their job. They talk themselves out of it. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's so different than a cruise ship. I've been on cruises, which have absolutely been like lovely and phenomenal experiences thinking that I would move my address here if I possibly could but reality once I hit land and I get back home it's like I realize that's not that's not real so so that's the end of today's rant (laughs) I agree it was a good topic have a good day thanks for listening and be sure to rate the podcast and uh I don't think there's much else you can do with the podcast other than reading it, subscribing to it. Subscribing is a good idea. <laughs> but you can't just listen. You can't give it a thumbs up or anything. No, I guess not. Till next it. time. See ya.